the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. It's been nice having you home for a few days. I know. I love getting to spend time at home with my family. It'll be the same next weekend, too. Yeah? Yep. It's going to be nice. You ride Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. Is that just training? It's kind of a deployment slash training. A little bit of catch up there on air. (laughs) (laughs) In today's episode, I wanted to talk about mastery and more importantly the lies about self-mastery so just sit back relax and enjoy today's content my favorite author is robert green and among many of his incredible books he wrote a book called mastery i'm going to link it down in the show notes below and in his book he talks about the process of mastery and i think it's important to understand that because if we have an ambition to be the best version of ourselves that we can be in any particular domain, then it's important for us to understand what that process actually is. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, we have all been in situations where we're the greenhorn, mm-hmm. right? We are the rookie. We know that there is something that we signed up for that we have an idea about, but there's a lot of training that goes into being able to understand how to do that particular thing. And this could be work-related. This could be learning a new instrument. This could be, gosh, my dad doesn't know how to use a computer, but that's an example that's coming up for me, learning how to use a computer, for example. We all had to, right? There are many things in our life that we need to learn how to do before we can then decide that we want to learn how to master it. And it's a process that takes place. And Green says that, There's three stages to the process of mastery, and the first is apprenticeship. And then once we have apprenticed, we can then learn how to be creative and more active in that role. And it is by then that we're able to become a master in that particular domain. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about the 10,000-hour rule where once you have worked 10,000 hours doing a particular thing, then you become a master at it. But what I don't hear anybody talking about is the failure of accomplishing that 10,000 hours. And what I mean by that is we oftentimes think that by doing a particular thing and becoming so good at it that we're exhumed from needing to continue to learn the process. And I worked for a physician for 14 years, and something that was always incredibly evident to me was how, and I've seen this with a lot of doctors, once they become practitioners or open their own practice, they have decided that they're masters, and they not only act like masters, but they treat other people like they are the master. And I think that is a really sad place to see somebody who worked so hard to end up in. And we all know people like that in every single profession. And even if not profession, we all know people who have done something like my brother used to play the guitar, for example, and he was an elite performer when it came to picking up that guitar. Anything that you asked of him, he could strum it out on that guitar at any given moment. And then he just stopped playing. And 
Unfortunately, we haven't seen or heard from him, so I have no idea when the last time is that he even picked up a guitar. But in an instance of professionalism, I think that we all know doctors who are of a certain age who have decided that once they've accomplished their own practice and they start to develop their own tendencies of that practice, that they feel as though they no longer need to continue to learn or most importantly, to progress. I remember when I was first hired at that practice, I too was an apprentice because I came into this knowing that there was a certain need and that need was everything was starting to transform to this realm of electronic medical records. And there was no longer paper charts and having a a booklet where you put all of the patient's schedule on. Everything needed to be technological and I was hired to implement that and to strategize and to be able to convert the entire practice over to that. And I remember the hardships of trying to explain the most mundane things to this provider and the arrogance and how for years I would hear insurance companies argue the fact that there were providers missing out on so much in terms of financial opportunity because they were refusing to convert their practices to an electronic practice. And the provider that I worked for, even up until the day that she retired, she still wouldn't bring a computer or a tablet into the room with patients. She preferred to write everything down on the back of a note and to practice that way. And I think that there comes a point where we often find ourselves in a position where we've worked so hard and for so many years that we think that for some reason we're an exception to this evolution of time. And I think that's a really unhealthy place for us to find ourselves in because we think that we no longer need to work for it anymore, to work at it anymore. Once we've accomplished something, then we think that that's it. And people don't realize the detriment that that has in terms of discrediting ourselves. Yeah, it's it's something I mean, in any line of work, there's so much you, you start out as that that new person learning new approaches and 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 police work. I mean, we start out as F, in FTO and, and you I mean, I guess you start out in the academy and you do so many hours of work kind of building yourself up into becoming a seasoned officer. And then once you're a seasoned officer then it's time to adapt and, and to learn different avenues of policing and, and kind of going into that realm of becoming that expert or that that master of that domain and taking on new responsibilities because you've mastered this. And it's not like you're getting away from this one, like the, we'll say as a patrol officer, you're not getting away from that. You're just not as broad as that as you're finding an expertise even more so to dive into. And that's a great example, too, because even if you're working on patrol for 10 years, if you're off patrol and on a detail for X amount of years, then getting back into the swing of things, the adaptation that it takes to get back into the swing of things, even going back out on patrol, regardless of how seasoned of an officer you are, there's there's a learning curve that's going to exist. And if that, er- if that arrogance exists as well, then you're going to become one of those officers that nobody wants to respond to a call with. 
Yeah, because you're not open to no, and and I think we all face that kind of arrogance within ourselves as you go out on the streets and work with a whole bunch of new guys and you're looking at them like I've been here for 15, 20 years and I, you don't know more than me, but the reality is, is they've been in that field as a patrol officer for so long now for even if it's two years that you've been out of it, that they know the changes that have come into place and they're going to be able to help you to, further your own knowledge with whatever it may be. Yeah. And another great example as a patient, which if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I have a a very big disbelief in allopathic medicine. I believe that there are many ways for us to go about maintaining and creating the best health for ourselves that we can. But if you were to ask me, Ashley, would you rather see a physician who just graduated and is now practicing? Or would you rather see a physician who's been practicing for 20 years? Undoubtedly, I would tell you, please, I would like to see the physician that just got out of school because they're going to be more eager. They're going to be more fresh-minded. They're still going to be in that phase of apprenticeship. And when you have that, then it is more likely that things aren't going to be dismissed or overlooked or you know that, that arrogance doesn't quite exist yet. Yeah, and that's a perfect example of being open to receiving that new information and and more seasoned people have that arrogance to them and they're not willing. They're just like, oh, I've seen this a hundred times before. This is what it is. Instead of, well, it could be this, but it could also be this, this or this, you know, And, and because it's fresh in their minds, they're more apt to try newer treatments. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to think about the different scenarios of scenarios of that, because I'm also questioning myself as to whether or not I would want the 20 year seasoned neurosurgeon operating on my brain or that two year apprenticed physician operating on my brain. And when it comes to the, the technique, I believe I would want the 20 year seasoned physician. So it would really depend on what the context is that we're talking about it, because the truth is that the, the best situation would be for me to have both of those surgeons. But what is the likeliness that that mastered surgeon is going to listen to the apprentice surgeon, right? So I think when we understand the process of mastery, and then we know that we should always be in the stages of being active, as well as a combination of that apprenticeship, then we're open to not only furthering ourselves educationally, but by continuing to ask questions And if we don't do that, then we're going to be skipped in terms of the time that passes and everything that takes place within that time. And going back to the example with that doctor that I worked for, she skipped out on 20 years of, you know, they have a CME class for continued education that they have to go to once every two years. And all it is is just hanging out with a bunch of other doctors and getting a bunch of free shit. And that's all that it was for her. She never came back with any type of excitement or any sense that there was educational engagement during those times. And it was a great learning opportunity for me because I know that I would never want to be that. I never want to be in that place. And I don't think any of us should if self-mastery is something that we want for ourselves in any domain of our lives. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.